0: Thank
1: Ryan paid me to do that. He wanted to open the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalking.com I'm your host David. I am obviously joined with Ryan today. (laughs) And what's up, Leo? And of course, Jenny has decided to not join us today. She says we don't need her. We don't need her. I think we can all talk about Kev kevin smith's movies on our own without any problem whatsoever anyway.
0: yeah i think we're good
1: <laughs> so by ryan's introduction i think you guys are very well aware of what we're covering today not only are we covering the 25th anniversary of mall rats but we are also going to look at all the films in the VSQ universe and rank them and talk about them a little bit what we like what we didn't like do any of them suck or are all of them great in our eyes so we will get to that, but before we get into that, let's get into the news of the week. Not much going on, except the Academy making changes to the Oscar roles, which we're going to get into. But we're going to kick it off with Chris Hemsworth, Hulk Hogan biopic. If I were to tell you two years ago that there going to be a Hulk Hogan biopic with Chris Hemsworth playing Hulk Hogan and Todd Phillips directing, would you have shitted on it as much as I would have?
2: Honestly, I would have I would have thought it was a, a plot from a Kevin Smith movie. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: well done, Leo. What about you,
0: Ryan? You, I mean, it it would have my interest, but I don't think it'll be any. I wouldn't think it'll would be any good. What do you think <laughs> now? I don't know. Like, I think I have faith in Chris Hemsworth. That's for sure. He can probably play the freaking uh, shark and Jaws.
1: Yeah, but I... um. I yeah. agree with you. Maybe The whole Joker thing makes makes me a little bit more confident in Todd Phillips directing this. I don't know how good this is going to be, to be honest with you. I'm not a Hulk Hogan fan. As a big wrestling fan, surprising to many, I am not a Hulk Hogan fan. I I'm think, right there with you. Yeah. I don't think his life outside the ring and documentaries that I've seen is that interesting, to be honest with you. So I don't know how interesting a film of his would be. Um and the update this week was that the script has not even been written so I don't know when this movie is going to come out. Chris Hemsworth was just asked about it and he wanted and he uh mentioned that the script is pretty much it's as close to pre-production at, or in development as it gets. So
0: I don't know when we're getting that. Another as a wrestling fan. What do you say, Ryan? As a wrestling fan, who would you rather have over Hogan? Oh, what we spoke
1: about, if not last week, the week before, Ric Flair. I think that, if it's a rated R, it's going to be very interesting. True. Um, Another bit, this may interest Leo a little bit more. uh, Another wrestler has been cast in an upcoming MCU film. Becky Lynch, who is the WWE Women's Champion on Monday Night Raw, she has been cast in an
2: undisclosed
1: Marvel film.
2: Yeah, that's awesome, because one, I mean, Becky is freaking beautiful, but also, aside from that, she's, like, physically gifted. It's going to be awesome to see if they can mm-hmm. use her, like, in a really cool, active role. That's going to be rogue. That'd be amazing.
1: No, I actually yes, don't. I, I don't know who she would be, to be honest with you.
0: I was about to say, Leo, who would she be, like, besides the obvious? Is there any other non-obvious redheads?
2: Uh, so that's the, I think that's funny. I think that's the, like, Firestar, maybe?
1: Ooh. Oh, so you're thinking right in terms of straight up obvious ones. You're thinking Gene, right? Yeah, I think that's the obvious one. I don't know. I mean, the thing is, he, I don't. I've never seen her act before. She has a very yeah. thick Irish accent, so I don't
2: know. Oh, actually, that. you know, Irish and Scottish, she might be a good um, siren banshee's uh, banshee's daughter. Okay okay
1: because I can't see her even if she did can can uh, hide that accent. I don't think she would be Jean that's too big of a role for someone that's not really been in films before. but it's, yeah, it's, it's just cool though that she's gonna be in, in an MCU movie so that's very cool.
2: That's very awesome.
1: Cool. Um, all right, so the next last two bits of news, AMC has pretty much decided that they want to destroy the theater going experience on their own. Uh so AMC has banned Universal Picture releases from all its theaters. I I I think that this whole, you know, pandemic has shown us that studios can be successful by releasing movies on VOD, especially with mm-hmm. the success of Trolls. I I've argued with people off the line like why do you believe that Trolls was actually that successful? They're probably, you know, fudging the numbers up, and my counter is always this. I think if outside of the Disney movies, if there's a a genre that's going to do really well with VOD, it's going to be animated films, because parents are not going to have to spend like $200 just to go to the theater. Because if you really look at it, let's say you're a parent, and you have your wife or husband, and let's say two kids. The two kids alone with food and tickets are probably going to be already like $50, $60. Then you got to worry about yourself. You're already at $100. And if you want to buy food for yourself, that's going to might make you $150 or $200 to watch an Illumination movie or something along those lines. They may not even be that good. Here, it's a no risk, no a no risk, all rewards kind of thing. You pay $20, $25, put the kids on the couch, watch a movie. If it sucks, you're only out $25.
2: Exactly. So
1: I think it's a good mo-, a mo, good idea for them to continue. But the AMC beef is Universal going forward wants to release all their movies on the same day as in theater on VOD, and that's the rip happened. And now we're here at a stance. I, someone's gonna break. It's just wondering who is the one that's gonna break. Um, Leo, I know you are more a watch at home, and Ryan too outside of maybe marvel are you okay with watching everything at home
2: yeah, pretty much so, yeah go I ahead mean, like, i think i think get it on the head like vod is definitely a really it's a really comfortable thing but i think there's certain experiences you just need to see in the theater yep, like I, agree. I think i think yeah. that, but that's the thing like it's an experience like if i watched end games premiere at home yeah it would have been okay it would have been fun it would have been an amazing movie but there was nothing like seeing it in a theater packed with a bunch of like hundreds of people that were just as excited as you were.
1: That's actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I was actually going to say that I've, you know, Force Awakens and Endgame are the two best cinematic experiences I've ever had. Just welcoming Star Wars back in 2015 after that long break and just seeing what Disney had in store. Then fast forward four years, seeing how Marvel was going to end their saga. And I'm like, I don't think anything's going to top that anytime soon. (laughs) So I'm down for this. But I also am a lover of cinema in terms of going and watching it on the big screen. I will still go watch, you know, these Oscar films on the big screen if it's still available. But like lower end films like Jungle Cruise, perfect example. It's The Rock. I love Disney. but I don't think that I would actually, you know, if I have the option to watch it at home, I think I'm going to watch it at home. Anything Marvel, I'm going on the big screen. Anything DC, going on the big screen. If Star Wars comes back, I'm going on the big screen. But the fact that there's options that if you don't want to do it, I think it's great. I think they're going to compromise in the end because AMC is not in a power position right now with all the money they're losing. So I personally think they're going to compromise on this. But I guess we'll see what happens. Disney, I think, has all the pull here, too, with their films. Um, If they try to pull that power move on Disney, Disney's like, okay, we'll just put it on Disney+. Plus. (laughs) i mean my thing is and i said this off the line to you guys and a couple of my buddies and on the real talk um facebook i think if let's say netflix calls universal and says we're gonna give you a certain amount of money to get the rights to play your movies that may change everything because if that would happen Let's say Netflix gets a deal with Universal to only play Universal movies. So if, if you want to see the new Fast and the Furious movies, you're going to have to have Netflix. If you want to see Halloween, so on and so forth. And the money is right. You're going to see studios start doing that. You're going to see Paramount be on Hulu or some something along those lines that we may get a different version of streaming wars when it comes to studio movies and where they're located. Like it wouldn't shock me if this turns into a big thing that Warner Brothers is all all Warner Brothers movies are on HBO Max, something like that. So yeah. we'll see what happens. I mean, go ahead, right? Go ahead, right?
0: You also have to look at it from the technical standpoint. I mean, there are certain movies that I think are made for the big screen Agreed. outside of what we just talked about. Like Ready Player One comes to mind. I love that. Like love the movie i love seeing it on the big screen and i have a pretty decent setup at home but it's not the same yeah i i I agree with you there are some movies
1: like you and like you and leo mentioned that should be on the big screen so
2: now would you say that maybe because i think in the recent years we've seen like a dependence on special like on special effects and and vfx and sfx and everything so like do you think if like the increase in vod movies do you think that would maybe also like signify like a an increase in like arts movies and acting movies over the visual effects movies yeah
1: i think so you know what the thing is too um you made a good point in terms of these types of movies and the types of tvs that need to be had to watch these movies Mm -hmm. in the best quality i think if things turn into a digital platform only people i think tv sales are going to go up because I think yeah. TV prices are going to go down and TV uh, purchases are going to go up because everyone's going to want to upgrade to a 4K or an 8K or whatever is available at the time. And now for folks that are listening to things, well, you know, movies still need to make a box office. Here's my counter. In 1999, Pete Napster was on board and everyone said that stream- streaming music would never work because you would never be able to pay the, the artists. Fast yeah. forward to 2020. Apple Music, Spotify, no one releases albums anymore on not on a streaming service or streaming music platform. And everyone's doing successful and the business is very, very doing very hot things right now. So it's like, yeah, you in a way, yeah, you got to think about the whole box office thing. But at the same time, you're like, if the music industry can do it, I'm sure that the film industry will be able to do it. And theaters are just being stu- ridiculously selfish right now. I, I I just don't understand. Like it's a good compromise. People that want to go to the theaters will go see it. Raise and and I know you guys may hate what I'm about to say, but raise concession prices, and that's it. You're you're go- because I expect them to raise them anyway. So it wouldn't shock me if like if this turns into a thing. We have theaters still with a the lower theater count. The concession prices are going to be even more expensive. Because there's no reason popcorn should be like $18 or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then the other big news, nothing, nothing shocking here. The Academy has made changes to its rules for the upcoming year and forever for in certain categories. Um, The Oscars will still take place next February, which made me very happy because I was very, very, very worried about the Oscars. Um, But the changes that were made were... I said this a few months ago on the podcast that this may happen. Sound mixing and sound editing are officially no more. We now just have best sound.
2: That's crazy, dude. I mean, like you went into such like an like, like a like a really good description of the differences between both of those like awards. And like, yeah, granted, sometimes they do fall in line with the same people win the same award, but like, come on. <laughs>
1: I thought the same thing. I'm like sitting, uh, like I'm not. I wasn't surprised. God, I, I just I was more surprised that it happened so quick. I would have thought maybe they would have just given it one more year after. And Leo, you made the point that I was gonna make off the line, um, because they split this year, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, they have split. Maybe they finally, finally, finally know a little bit about it. But no, they're like, no, we're gonna. Uh, we're gonna combine these categories to best sound. Hopefully, that brings in a new category, stun ensemble, uh, something along those lines. So we'll see what happens there. This I didn't mention off the line to you guys, but they have changed ca- the, how a, an original score qualifies.
2: Yeah, I saw that actually. It's like it's a, they. It feels like they were like safeguarding against the whole John Williams and uh in Star Wars thing. Like they yeah. want to make it like a little bit more structured.
1: I I hate it. I fucking hate it because um, we would not get a Return of the King winning original score because it's only it's not I don't believe it's 60 percent original. Um, We wouldn't get any nominations for any Star Wars movies. We would not. There's a lot of movies that would suffer from the new rule. Unless John Williams does new scores, he'll never be nominated again at this point. So it, I don't like it, but I guess it is the thing with the times that they want to change up the rules a little bit. But the big news is that you don't have to be seen in theaters to qualify for the Oscars this year. This is a one-year change. So streaming services are going to be eligible for their films, even if they're not in theater. So that that's good news. I think that helps Netflix a lot. Yeah, a lot, and all those VODs like Scoop. Like I think Scoop. I'm. I'm. We've talked about this on here before. I'm very excited for Scoop. If it's any good, it still has a shot of qualifying for the Oscars now. So here's one thing, and we've talked about in passing on the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance. This was going to be an Emmys player. I wonder if now because it's on ESPN, the ESPN app, and it's streaming if it qualifies for the Oscars. Because if it does, it could be a player. And I mean, I I don't know what the rules are going to be in terms of like untraditional streaming apps like ESPN or something along those lines. But uh, sorry, uh, Ryan, Birds Birds of Prey will not be a Best Picture nominee this year now. Damn! I had all my money on that. I I know you were looking forward to it. I know Leo was probably dreading talking about Birds of Prey in the Oscar
2: categories. Uh
1: But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah,
2: that award nominated for the prey.
1: No, you know what I'm thinking though. <laughs> all, all jokes aside, I think it had. It's a long shot, but I think it get it could get into costumes. Yeah, yeah. that's. I, I think it could get into costumes this year. I, I because I know you didn't like it as much as we did, Leah. But I think you could amend Margot's wardrobe. Even not just Margot, everyone's wardrobe was really good in the movie.
2: Yeah, you're right. I, you're, I definitely agree. Visually, I think the the costume was good, and yeah, I think it it could definitely get in there.
1: Yeah, I mean. I don't think it will, but,
2: um, and now it's just
1: what's going to be ready by the end of the year, even if it's just streaming because my best picture front runner, I don't think it's going to be ready. So, uh, the mink, the David Fincher movie, I don't think it's going to be ready. So I, I think my best, my best picture predictions are all going to go up in smoke. So, (laughs) alrighty, So that's all for the news today. Let's get into the quarantine watches of the week. I will go last today because I actually can't really put together anything to highlight. So I'm looking through my list right now. So Leo, why don't you kick it off?
2: Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, so yeah, no, no more gangster movies and or shows to watch. You're uh, so by- <laughs> actually, um, I got a movie that was recommended by uh, by Stacy. Uh, she actually showed it to her dad. It's a uh, Triple Frontier on Netflix. It's a uh, Ben Affleck, Pedro Pascal, Oscar Isaac, Charlie Hunnam.
1: How would you like
2: uh, it? It was pretty cool, actually. It was it, it felt very um, '90s military type thing. It, it's, it was pretty cool. Like they're all commandos trying to like, without getting into spoilers, they're all commandos um, trying to escape a certain place. Nice, but wow. um, but the cast was really cool. Um, and I also watched Bad Education*, which you recommended a couple of episodes ago.
0: Um,
2: Hugh Jackman, Allison Janney were freaking incredible. Um, much like everyone else, I'm also watching The Last Dance and then The View Askew Universe for the episode today. Nice. Uh, what about you, Ray?
0: Um, Like we said, The View Askew Universe for the episode today, but I went a little further and I just watched all the Kevin Smiths flicks. Nice. Nice. Um, Tuss still sucks. <laughs> it sucks. But I feel bad because it, it has its moments. No, too. it doesn't, like, does. Ryan. We're going to me... save it for later. Save
1: it for later because I do want to okay. talk about I know we're going to rank the view askew, but I did just want to talk about all the Kev's films. Okay. You have a so lot of
0: ex- all the Kevin Smith stuff for later. You have a
1: lot. Oh, no, no, no. no you're not going to get away with that one. You are okay. not. As much as we love Kev, you're not getting away with that one.
0: Uh, anything else? Um, And I've Started doing a Star Wars rewatch for uh, May the Fourth. Awesome! All right, and I'm so, up to Force Awakens.
1: So i w- I watch a lot during because I work uh, I work from home during this pandemic, so I have movies playing pretty much all day while I'm working, and st- I usually put stuff that I've seen before, so I don't really have to pay too much too much attention to it and have it kind of as background noise. So, in terms of what I want to highlight, I actually saw for the first time i saw in full heathers and heathers is so good so so good i think leo you've seen it right what about you Ryan? have you seen it
0: no i was just wanna say what the hell is heathers so,
1: so heathers is pretty much a black comedy from the 1980s, and I think you you have Shudder, right, right You still yeah. have Shudder? It's on Shutter. It was one of the la- right. uh, the late night, uh, the last drive-in for this week. Um, All right, I'll check so it out. So Heather's is a black comedy where Winona Ryder kills bullies in the movie. It's <laughs> super nice. crazy. And I d- I. Don't think I've ever been so attracted to Winona Ryder. <laughs> she's she's gorgeous in that movie. Definitely have to check oh, it and
2: out. Uh, don't forget Christian Slater too. Like, yeah, he was a, like he's a hunk. Hate it. Yeah, he was a hunk in that movie.
1: The funny thing is that movie would not work at all today. It's about teen suicide in a comedic way.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> and about school shootings and school bombings. It is would not work at all today. I also saw the two national treasures and they, okay. they're still fine. And then this uh shout out to a listener and follower of Real Talk uh Jean uh, Carlos. He he's been suggesting this foreign film called Cinema Paradiso. Para it's an Italian film and it I it finally hit HBO and I finally was ever able to, able to catch it. Uh, today, actually. And it was so great. It's pretty much about a little boy that finds his love through cinema by helping a projectionist in Sicily. It's really, really good. And the movie starts off him as an established director already, and the movie's in flashbacks and it touches on their relationship and how he fell in love with film. For someone like me, that shit was fucking... (laughs) gold um i think you guys would like it too it's in it's in italian but it's really really solid stuff oh 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 and i did see a really bad movie uh Jen, jenny and i are working on building a lego uh batmobile and for background noise yesterday i put on this new netflix movie with the the girl that plays veronica on riverdale dangerous lies it is one of the stupidest movies <laughs> I have seen in a long time. It was made for teens that are like 13, 14 years old that needs everything dumbed down for them. It is so fucking stupid. Their twists are so fucking stupid. It is definitely one of my worst movies of the year. All right. So That's how you really feel. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so really? Don't don't trigger code it.
1: Before we get into it for the month of May, I am bringing a little game called Ranking the director. So for the next couple of weeks, every week, I am going to say a director's complete filmography, but I'm not going to bring classic filmmakers like Alfred Hitchcock or Morin Scorsese. I'm going to bring out directors that some of us may like and some of us may hate. And I'm going to go through all their filmography and we're going to decide whether this guy is a good director or a bad director. Okay. This week, we are going to kick this off by going over the filmography of Michael fucking Bay. (laughs) (laughs) And we are going, I'm going to go through every movie he's ever directed. And this is not only going to show that he is a fucking garbage ass director, but he's one of the worst directors ever. We're going to kick it off with his directorial debut, and I wish Jenny was here for this one because I think Leo's on. Leo may be on an island on his own here. 1995's Bad Boys. Ryan, is it a good movie?
0: Um, uh, Meh. Okay.
2: Uh, yeah.
1: Leo, uh, you think it's a great movie?
2: Yep. Quotable, okay. memorable, it's iconic, yes. Okay. Um, yeah.
1: I think it's meh to borderline bad but chemistry between Will Smith and Martin Lawrence is incredible but I give no credit of that to Michael Bay. Uh next up is a movie I actually do like of his, The Rock. Haven't seen it. Oh, I think I could uh, think I, I no. think I think you may like it, Rye. It's it's just ridiculous, but I think you may like it. Um Ironically, this falls in line with like the era of Jerry Bruckheimer because I actually thought Con Air was directed by Michael Bay and it's not, but it's literally the same fucking movie. Uh, <laughs> next up, Armageddon. It's unwatchable. That movie's awful.
2: I have it as guilty pleasure. It's not good, but I, I enjoy it.
0: Right? um, I don't remember much of it, so I'm going to say bad. <laughs> Thank you.
1: <sighs> Here we go. Pearl Harbor. He really wanted this to be his Titanic. So bad. So, so bad. Uh, it's my worst movie of 2001. It's awful.
0: Didn't care for so I'll go with bad. What
1: about you, Leo? Double. Thank you. Bad Boys 2. This one, I, I will actually say I like two more than one. Yeah. And, But it's still too fucking long, so it's fine. That's where I'm at with that. Uh, what about you, Leo?
2: uh same uh recaptures everything from part one um but i think i think you kind of hit it on the head i think it's more because of martin lawrence and and will smith Smith, not because of michael pay
1: because honestly like we've off the line we've kind of had like a debate over bad boys i've never ever shitted on will smith and martin lawrence i just don't think the movies are very good i think they're they are extremely ridiculous. Like, I'll never forget the first time I saw Bad Boys. And Jenny's first time was watching Bad Boys was this year with me. And we both, Jenny didn't like it. And her. First, we both agreed, like, why is Will Smith always running without a shirt? I get it. But logically, if he gets shot once, which, spoiler alert, he does in Bad Boys for Life, like, he would probably die. Never wears a bulletproof vest. So, that, that was that. Uh, next up. The Island. Oh,
0: I don't think I even heard of this it's,
1: movie. It's, it's with Hugh McGregor. It's one of his worst. I think it may be his worst movie.
2: I enjoy it. I'm oh, gonna... my God, Leo. No. It's Scarlett Johansson. Oh, I don't care. Don't. <laughs> Scar like
1: Vinny Chase and Entourage. She, she already has points against her. This is just another one. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Next up, Transformers. I uh, actually movie. so no. all right so I actually think this is my favorite Michael Bay movie. I don't think this is as bad as what's coming after this. I actually think this is pretty enjoyable. I'm surprised that I I was alone on this. I thought you, you guys would be with me on this one. Nope. No, I can't stand those Transformer movies. Then
2: I, I load them all.
1: Oh, okay. Then I guess we we can bypass the next two: Revenge of the Fallen and Dark of the Moon. Garbage, absolute garbage. Yeah. Pain and Gain, the one with the Rock and Mark Wahlberg.
0: Never seen Didn't it. Didn't
1: see it. It's it's okay. It's not actually as terrible as uh, his other movies. And then we're finishing it off with Transformers: Age of Extinction, the the one with Mark Wahlberg. Garbage.
2: Thirteen garbage. hours.
1: The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi.
2: Oh, that was actually pretty good. With uh, that was good. With, with um, with Jim Halpert.
1: With yes, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, Ryan, have you seen it? Nah, that's this that one I have not seen. Transformers: The Last Night. I fell asleep watching. It is a god awful.
2: And then last year,
1: Six Underground.
2: Awful. Oh, so so bad. So much going on, so much on the screen. Not so, a good movie. So going
1: through this filmography, are we Michael Bay fans or not?
2: Nope. No, I think the bad outweighs the good.
1: And outweighs it by a lot. I don't even think he has a he doesn't have a great movie at all in any of these.
2: So it's funny, even because I think I'm definitely more pro-Michael Bay than than you both are. And even I have to acknowledge that my likes are vastly outweighed by the bads.
1: Yep. I I think we'll have fun over the next few weeks with who I'm picking. Uh, next week, we're doing Tim Burton. Ooh, and you, I think we're gonna have a good debate about Tim Burton because I have a lot to say after nineteen ninety five.
2: I have a feeling that Burton's gonna be like Michael Bay, where there's a few in there that are like, as a kid, I loved, and it makes me think of him as a better person than he really was. But after the stats come out, I'm gonna be disappointed, aren't I? Because I
1: remember like a year or two ago, we had a debate that you said Tim Burton about top ten directors, and you guys said Tim Burton. I'm like, he is not top 10 anything let alone directors i uh and then i looked at his filmography when i actually started trying to see what directors we can do for this and it just adds to my point when i go through his entire filmography he has banger after banger to start his career but the rest oh boy we, we yeah. will we will have fun with this one try to stay blind on them and don't look it up so i could i could get you guys natural reaction on tim Burton's filmography
2: would you recommend watching some Tim and movies that we haven't seen so we're better prepared? Yes.
1: Um, I will say, I will give you a full list off the line, but what I can think of right now, if you have not seen Big Fish, watch not Big so Fish, so uh, Ed, Ed Wood. Um, actually, have you guys seen Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the remake? Yeah. yeah. I actually, I that's one I actually really did like. And I think that's about it. I may have a few, but I'll tell you guys off the line. Uh,
0: Yeah, just send me the list.
1: We'll do. All right, so let's get to it. Ryan's been waiting about three years since he's been up (laughs) to do this. Pretty much, yeah. Today, we're going to deep throat Kevin Smith. Very, very hard. Um, If I could do the Hollywood Babylon noise. Ryan, can you do that for us, please? Which one?
0: The. Oh, the. Yeah. All right.
1: And it's funny. It's ironic that we are. Looking at Maura's 25th anniversary, um uh, buddy of mine brought it to my attention that uh, Jenny and I's wedding anniversary is this week. And thanks to you, Ryan, uh, Kevin Smith actually gave a shout out to Jenny and I on our wedding that played in the theater that we got married in, which is so, 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 so great of you, Ryan. You earned, a, li- no problem. You, you earned a lifetime spot on this podcast for, the, for that. <laughs>
0: Awesome. <laughs> but
1: yeah, so let's get into it. We're going to do this this way. We're going to talk about Marrat first, and then we're just going to dive in to the rest of his filmography. So after the success of Clerks, Kevin Smith and, and Scott Mosier began to make their second film. After seeing after a screening of Clerks, producer James Jax approached them to do another film for Universal Studios. Smith, who began to work on the script for the film and casting began they're really i didn't find too much i don't know if you did right because i know you were going to work on notes too i didn't really find mm. too many issues outside of reshoots did you find anything on your end um they didn't want jay to play jay oh that's in yeah. my that's that's in my fun facts for later my friend
0: um yeah, so i won't go too far into that um there were some. It, it was some casting issues, yeah. if anything.
1: Yeah. Honestly, I outside of that and the reshoots, I didn't find anything, you know, controversial towards the film, except the first screening, which we're gonna get into a little later, because that that two hour director's cut is brutal.
2: Yeah. I'll it even is, say that? It
1: is brutally bad. That's actually why I used to have it. So low for me because that's the first time I saw Mall Rats was director's cut and I hated oh. it. I hated it. <laughs> um, Davey, yes, I guess
2: could, the director's cut that adds in the intro scene with TS and the gun and the animated scene for the funeral.
1: Yes, it's a 30 minute opening at that mayor's ball. Yeah, yeah. they don't get to the mall for a long time. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, this is not does not work at all for me. And we're, we'll get into that a little later. In terms of tie-ins to New Jersey, the Rawway State Prison is mentioned at the end of the film. Brody wears a Henry Hudson Regional High School shirt at the beginning of the film. Kevin Smith and Jay Muse attended uh, that school in Highlands, New Jersey. Uh, Smith wanted to shoot the film in C View Square Mall in Ocean Township, New Jersey, but it was filmed at Eden Prairie Center Mall in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. The exterior shot showing T.S. and Brody's arrival at the flea market was a now-demolished Route 1 flea market in New Brunswick. Now, talking about the extended cut, an alternate opening scene where the governor's ball takes place, Does do you think it does anything to the story? Like, nope. do you know all this stuff?
2: Nah, no, I mean, not really, no. because It's funny because I've never seen a director's cut, and that's the one I ended up seeing. Um... And even I was like, wait a minute, there's stuff in here that I've never seen before. I must have missed it the first time. And then I'm like, this is going on way longer than I needed to go on.
1: <laughs> so Mosier and and Kev, they added that in for the 10th anniversary of the film, pretty much after the test screening it failed miserably, like everyone hated the opening. So they decided to cut a lot of it out, which in turn makes it a nice a much better sleeker film when you don't have all that nonsense in it in terms of box office failed miserably a budget a budget of 6.1 million it only made 2.1 million at the box office and i think too for we all love clerks and i think as a follow up to Clerks, I can see why people don't like it as much. I don't know if you agree or I, because you're you're
0: more I mean you're more of a it's fan a different Mar-Rats kind of movie, me. and I do love Mallrats and it holds a special place in my heart. And um, but sorry, um, but yeah, it, I can see why Clerks fans aren't as much of Mallrats fans. Like I feel like it's so I mean even in tone it's different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, because you go from indie to studio, in my opinion, I think that has something to do with it, at least for sure.
2: Uh, Leo, any thoughts? Here? Yeah, uh, yeah, So I'm actually, um, I uh, I don't love Clerks. Uh, <gasps> oh. I'm more, I'm more of a Rats fan. Oh, so, um, Leo. so yeah, I could see why this was this was a very different film when they when they both came out, um. Yeah, I mean I I I, I think of both fondly and I appreciate both, but I'm very much more of a mall rat kid. What
1: what I mean, we're gonna get into it later, but you just I think you just
2: broke my heart. I know. Clerks is We're we're getting into a very topic for both of you. So I am always very sad episode and points that I
1: Alrighty. So in terms of the trophy room. There is nothing to report here. This movie has no awards whatsoever. Hey, at least there's no Razzies. <laughs>
2: exactly. No better than Sofia Coppola.
1: No. Yeah. Yeah. Much better. Much better. All right.
0: What age the best? Ryan, take it away. I have to. I went with the Compa culture in the movie. It was so ahead of its time, and you can get Stan Lee in it. You get, you know, just the references that they make, and it's just so ahead of its time. with... With the knowledge it gives and everything like that. And the conversations and the realism in it.
2: What about you, Leo? I have a freaking list. <laughs> Go for um, it. The, the comic book intros at the very beginning age very well. Brody's comic book fanboyism. Amazing. The 90s. They make an allusion to a 90s kid with 70s nostalgia. That that's the appeal that people are going for. It buys into today. Um, Star Wars love. Wolverine love. Um, the broad debates that happen throughout the movie, either at the food court or about Lois Lane and Superman, uh, Trisha's sexual empowerment—even though it is very risque, um, <laughs> it's a very, a very, female-centric thing. Though I'm like that's that's actually ahead of its time. Like Bry said, the, cameo, the vocabulary that they use is awesome, and um, the clerk's hat at
1: Yes, I like that Easter. Egg. <laughs> that was good. That was a cool Easter egg.
2: That was a
0: legit hat. Like, that wasn't like just made for the movie. That was just a regular clerk's hat. Nice. All
1: right. Next up for me for age best, I actually have the dialogue between Brody and Stan Lee towards the end of the movie where he talks about, uh, um, look, do yourself a favor. Don't wait because all the money, all the women, even all the comic books in the world, they can't substitute for that one person. I think that quote really really works well and it's aged really beautifully and like you guys mentioned the comic book culture i think that's aged extremely well in terms of age worse i'll kick this one off because i i rather take my punches from you guys right now <laughs> um i think it's his worst script in the view universe really i think the dialogue for him is so clunky throughout a lot of the movie i think he concentrates more here on hey i know x-men hey i know every comic book and that's great and all but he's able to do that in clerks with like the like the um the empire talk and the return of the jedi death star conversation and he does it more naturally than here. It's just like, okay, it's time. I gotta let I gotta let everyone know that I'm a big Batman '89 fan. With that scene with the uh, where Kevin pulls out the uh, the the belt and he shoots the gun. Yeah, like I think there's more forced um dialogue here and more forced commentary on superheroes and comic book films than there are in Clerks, and I think because of that for me i think the dialogue in the entire film has aged a little poorly for me because he's such a good writer so that's kind of where i went there what about you ry
0: i just went with one thing the fattest ass because back then it was like i guess a diss and a bad thing now it's kind of a compliment <laughs> of course <laughs> you went there <laughs> what about you leo
2: um so actually with me um I I, I disagree about this uh, the the script but I mean to each their own um I think TS as a character aged pretty badly I think he's very insecure and he's a very controlling boyfriend and I don't think that that's I think he was supposed to be like a a uh, a protagonist hero in the movie and if he if this came out today I don't think he would be received that well mm-hmm. um I also think um Can I say one character... thing on
0: his defense though, real quick? Go ahead. Yeah. All right, you're about to propose to your girl, and you're all excited. Then she drops the bomb, and then you automatically would think it's the dad, especially if you have that relationship. Like if you take it in his relationship, I feel his reaction was a lid wasn't too over
2: the top. Well, here's the Branding thing. I, I think I think he's still a young kid. I don't think he's ready to pop the question at all. Um, True. But um, but I I mean the, his reaction isn't crazy. I just think that a lot of the things that, that Smith like uh like like little little breadcrumbs he puts out about their relationship makes it feel like that wasn't the best relationship to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't think that that would have been well received by viewers today. Just like I don't think that Ben Affleck's character no. would be view, would be received. oh hell him. no He's, I
1: mean he went to jail in '95. He would definitely do more than go to jail now.
2: Totally, and, and the other thing that I think aged very badly, and I think I think you appreciate this, uh, Dave, is Affleck's goatee. Uh, I think that looks super skeevy, and it's just like I'm like I, I just wasn't a fan of the goatee for the him.
1: character he plays. I totally agree with you. It's not a bad look on him per se because he had one in another Kevin Smith film that we'll talk about later. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I I, I totally agree with you there. <laughs> so, and I wanted I wanted to touch on like more on the scripting that I said. I think, too, the issue with, for me, with the script is also that these, and I guess it could be blaming the actors, per se, outside of Jason Lee, I don't buy any of these people in this movie saying the stuff that are written on the script. I think Jason Lee is the only believable character in that movie.
0: Oh, wow. And, I'm going through my,
1: Ethan <laughs> Right, he just—I mean—he just looks at the paintings. The fucking whole movie. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the central characters. I don't—I don't feel like I'd buy anything that they say. So uh, yeah.
0: I feel Shannon I can... Doherty would do what she did to Brody, like I'd break up that same exact well, way.
1: I wouldn't. Im- I. She's a bitch because NHL '94 is a shit, and sometimes you just gotta play.
0: <laughs> That's not NHL.
1: That is NHL when he's playing. That's no. not NHL that he's playing.
0: No, that's not EA. They were going to have a deal with them, but that fell through. It's in my notes, I believe. Oh, then,
1: f- then fuck Brody. He should have just... No, no, no.
0: Then forget it then. If it's not in H- NHL... John... You... Yeah, go go ahead. Right. No, I forget what it was exactly, uh, but it real, but it wasn't in NHL because they had a deal with... Let me see this in my notes real quick. I know they... Uh... No, I don't have it in my notes, but I remember him saying... Uh, that he was having an issue. Oh yeah, no. Here right? it is. Originally, the game was gonna be NHL, but they uh, couldn't. But then the studio struck up a deal with a different gaming company, and that's why we got what we got. Gotcha. Oh
1: well, there you there you go. All right. So moving on to that guy from Ward I went with Jeremy London and Claire Forlani. I honestly, I know Jeremy London has been in other things. But I honestly remember him the most from uh, from Mallrats. Uh, what about you, Rai? Same, I have TS. And Leo.
2: I mean, I, I wanted to put TS for that guy, but um, but I it's for me, I ended I ended up keeping it for a different category. Um, actually, for that guy, I gave it to Jason Lee. Oh, really? Well, because oh, and here's the thing: I put myself in the place where I was back then, and back then, Jason Lee, I knew as the guy from Kevin Smith movies. I knew him from Mallrats. I knew him as Brody. And everything that happened after that, whether it's Vanilla Sky or Ed, I still knew him as the guy from Mallrats.
1: Interesting. I would have never... I, I can respect I, that. Yeah, I, I would have never thought that you were going to use him on this one. Um, there's no crying in baseball. There's nothing to cry about this movie unless you guys no. have something.
2: No.
1: Uh, Detlef Shroom, six Man of the Film Award. I went with Jay and Son and Bob. I think and yeah. I, I think outside of the movies that they're the stars, the stars. I think this is their best uh supporting roles.
0: What about you, Ray? Um I actually have on oh, shit, my thing messed up again. Um which one are we on? The six man half Stan Lee actually.
1: Ooh. Ooh. Good pull. I think, I good think pull. He,
0: yeah, his camp his cameo there pulls everything together and makes the end happen. So that's a good one.
1: Uh, what about you, Leo? What do you have?
2: I, with you, D, I put uh, Jay and Silent Bob. I think that um, I think that their their antics and their their really fresh comedy help to break up some of the wordiness of the script that you kind of mentioned earlier. Yeah, because
1: I mentioned like they there was a lot of more forced comic book references. But it's still funny, like when bat when when he pulls out the bat thing and he him and uh and he lifts up Jay. Jay. Or, yeah, yeah. I, I was expecting to to bring up the you don't know, you weigh a little bit more than ninety eight pounds or 180 <laughs> pounds. So that's my six man. Becky O'Shea Icebox Award. Who is the MVP of the film? I think we. I hope we all have the same one. I went with Jason Lee.
2: Yeah, Brody. Yeah, Brody.
1: Yeah, Brody is hilarious throughout the entire movie um and he comes back and i think he's just as good as chasing amy in chasing amy mm-hmm. um yeah so that's my mvp of the movie award peaks and valleys i already know where leo's going here peak go for it leo you kick it off
2: now Jeremy london bro <laughs> what a crap happened to this guy's career this
1: is where i wish jenny was here because jenny knows everything about every actor from the 1990s so she could probably tell us what happened to his
2: career i know i know he went on to do some stuff on tv and i know he was on he was on seventh heaven too was he really yeah he he, he played he played like a a really young minister pastor dude but but, but don't get me wrong he did have a career after this but he was like co-lead with jason Lee. Would you say
1: that? Go ahead, Rye. I ain't saying that. Oh, okay. Sorry. Jerry was the
2: co-lead with Jason Lee in this one? Yeah. I think they're co-leads. Yeah. And London is like never heard from in the view askew ever again. Never. You know what's funny?
1: Is we're getting towards the end of like breaking down Mallrats. None of us mentioned Michael Rooker. <laughs> True. <laughs> and I mean, I, I guess the memorable scene is a chocolate covered pretzel, but I, I... I don't think he was fun
0: fact that. I actually 7 years ago today of the they were recording made on Facebook a chocolate cover press joke on my face as my Facebook status I'm like that's kind of funny that we're doing this today <laughs> <Funny>. <laughs> All right so for my peak I was going to
1: go Jeremy London I went with Claire Forlani It sucks that the two like two of the three leads in the movie fucking stink like they they're just not great at all. Um, for Valley, I think we all should have the same person, right? Uh, Ben Affleck. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Okay.
0: I put Ben Affleck and Jason Lee.
1: Okay, well, Leo, you have Ben too, right?
0: Yep. Ben. Ben. Yeah.
1: Anyone that wins an Oscar after a movie we cover should automatically just be given this award.
2: Who would you? Who would you have second? The second Valley be if not Ben? Michael Rucker. So it's funny, I would have put in, Um, I would have pinned, oh my gosh, Uh, Chasing Amy. Um, oh, Joey Lauren Adams. Yeah, because at least she was nominated for an award after this.
1: So. Yes. I, that's a good one, too. I just want Michael Rucker because we know what he ends up doing. So yeah, true, because <laughs> he does uh, Walking Dead first and then Marvel. So. All right. So let's go into our fun facts. I have a few. Ryan, do you have any too?
0: Yeah, I have like 15 real quick.
1: All right. So I have I actually have 25. so we'll just alternate if you pull yours up I'll start it off and then you can just go right after me Okay. so what I have for fun facts the studio sold it as a smart porkies Universal was so confident in the film's prospects that they referred it to as a more intelligent version of the 1981 high school classic and had plans for a Rat sequel before the original film was even released and it was cancelled after the the film uh, bombed
0: Go ahead, Ryan. You know what it's supposed to be called, right? The sequel? What was it supposed to be called? Mallrats 2, Die Hard in the Mall. <laughs> that's great. Is that your fact? No, I okay. just went off for you there. All right, go ahead. <laughs> uh, the cup that Brody's carrying around is one of the many, many nods to Walt Flanagan throughout the flick. Because one of the days that uh, Kev and Walt went out uh, comic book shopping, he had that same kind of styrofoam cup, and he made it last all damn day. Oh, wow. That's funny.
1: And Walt is in the movie. He is one of the guys yeah. online to see He's Stan fanboy. Lee. Fanboy, yeah. All right. Next one for me. Universal wanted Ethan Hawke to be in the movie. In a 1994 interview with Entertainment Weekly, Kevin Smith explained that the studio had given us, given us a list of stars they think should be in the movie. At the top of the list was Ethan Hawke, who Smith called the most overworked actor in America. I'd like to give him a rest.
0: Go ahead, Ry. Joey Adams wanted to play Renee. Oh, interesting. That's all there was for that.
1: He just quickly
0: touched on it in the commentary. I'm
1: glad (laughs) glad she didn't, because she ended up doing something much better. Uh, Jenny McCarthy and Jennifer Love Hewitt auditioned for the movie. Jenny McCarthy claimed that Smith didn't even wait until I was out of the office to start laughing about her audition. (laughs) Jennifer Love Hewitt tried out as well, but didn't make the cut. No word on who exactly they were going to play.
0: Go ahead. Hmm. William Ethan Sapley was supposed to be Scott Moser's character from Clerks. So that's oh, beautiful, man. Interesting.
1: Oh, oh. Speaking of Renee, Parker Posey, and this is another reason that I wanted Jen on here because she I she I think believes she likes Parker Posey. Parker Posey was initially had the role of Renee.
0: Go ahead, go ahead, Ry. Um uh i I know you said you have it but I'll take care of it. Uh Studio one is Seth Green or Breckenmire to play as Jay. That's... they made Jay uh pay his own way, uh and stay up on his own and the first day of dailies, the studio was there watching him. That's so stupid.
2: That's so stupid. Dang. Was it was it because of his like drug addiction? He at wasn't, the time, or he no. wasn't on
0: drugs yet. <laughs> He just wasn't a bona fide actor in their eyes. That's pretty much why.
1: Yeah, wow. I, th- I think it was around Jay and Silent Bob Shrike back is that he started getting on the drugs. Or Dogma. I think
0: it was. No, Dogma. it was around here.
1: It's when he started. Oh, it was drug. around here? Oh, okay. Yeah, because he was Dogma. drunk
0: and smoking weed during Clerks. And here he was mostly drunk. But then from here on is where I think uh, his hair he started. The heroin addiction, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, ben Affleck actually wanted to star in the movie and not be a supporting player. But he decided that it was, he decided on uh, playing the supporting character in the in the long run. Go ahead, Rai.
0: The mall was semi-open throughout. It was like 50% open throughout the entire shooting of the movie. Interesting.
1: So, so it's like Chopping Mall.
0: Yeah, because uh, that's how they were able to put some of the fun names, like Rug Munchers, Buy Me Toys, stuff like that, on some of the signs. But some of it was actually real open stores and they're only 15 minutes away from Mall of America. That's why it was so easy to get that mall. Nice. Um, next up for me, Jason Lee
1: better, was better known as skate as a skateboarder, not an actor before he took the role in mall
2: Rats. That's over cool. That is good. And he was like, he was really, he was, I think he was good too, right?
1: I believe so. Yeah. I think he was more known for that. Go ahead, right.
0: I'm um, going to skip up a couple. Jim Jacks, uh, brought in Roker. Uh, they won. William. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm gonna say his right his name right. Antherton. He was in uh Ghostbusters. Who was he in Ghostbusters? He was um
1: the bad guy I think in two. Oh, okay, okay. I, I know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, the asshole uh guy in politician, whatever. Nice.
1: Uh, Shannon Doherty fans almost caused a riot on set. Doherty let her bodyguard take the night off and went on a shopping excursion to a different mall, uh, Minnesota mall with Joy, Lauren Adams, and the movie's costume designer. A group of fl- fans flocked onto Urban Outfitters, forcing an employee to lock the store's front doors. Some fans kept chasing Doherty and her two companions in the parking lot before they managed to escape in the car. I didn't, I guess 90210 was pretty big. <laughs> All right, what else you got, Roy?
0: All the comics in the movie are Marvel, if you notice. Like, there's no DC, Dark Horse, nothing. It's all Marvel. Marvel. I, won- I-, I wonder why.
1: <laughs> it uh, can't have
0: nothing to do with Stan Lee. Nothing in there. at all. <laughs> uh,
1: Wal- Walter Flanagan really did have a dog. Mm-hmm. Walter Flanagan played fan That was he- actually fast. <laughs> he, pur- he purchased a tiny puppy during filming, named it Brody, and let her run around the closed mall in its empty parking lot, where she- where she ran around so fast. That she looked like a little hockey puck. This, that is where Jay's comment that someone was running faster than Wolf Flanagan's dog came from. Got anything else, Ray?
0: Yeah, Jason Lee's shirt is three headshots of people that went for his role
2: morphed together. Oh wow! Oh, that is freaking cool. That's awesome.
1: This this is funny because of the running joke in the movie. But Ethan Suplee didn't see the sailboat. Suplee never never saw a sailboat or a schooner in the Magic Eye picture. He spent he spent the bulk of the movie staring at. Apparently, there was never <laughs> there never was one in the picture to
0: begin with. Oh, wow, what else have you got? Shannon Doherty changed outfits each scene and got to keep it all. Oh, that's
1: cool. She probably got all the stuff from the mall. It was like in her
0: contract, I think. Yeah. That she- yeah, it was in her contract. She wanted to keep her outfits, and she had pretty much control of where her outfits were, and except for uh, Kev snuck the Degrassi on her one jacket.
1: Yes, I remember that. Uh, I have a few more here. Kevin Smith has since apologized for Mallrats. So he apologized for making Mallrats at the Independent Spirit Awards after because he won for uh, Chasing Amy. On his, office, on his office entry machine after the movie's poor showing in theaters, Lee recalled that Smith greeted callers by saying, hey, this is Kevin. We can't get to the phone right now. We're too busy licking our wounds. Hmm. What else you got, Roy? You got anything else?
0: Yeah, I got two more. Shannon Doherty wanted to be in Dogma for a while uh, while shooting Marats. Interesting. This I'm trying to figure out who she would play. I
1: can't. I think a lot of people wanted to pick, uh play renee right a good amount of people want yeah yeah because Alyssa milano i have here also auditioned for the role this one there's a little backstory between this one the reason i'm bringing this up shawnee smith came into audition for the role and after um according to kev she was very rude and mocked the screenplay so bad that her uh the casting director don Phyllis apologized for her behavior the reason I mentioned Shawnee Smith, if you guys don't know who that is, is she was in Saw. She was Amanda in the Saw franchise. Yeah. And when Jenny and I go to the horror convention that we go to, she was there and she did a Q&A. And when it finished, Jenny and I looked at each other and we're like, she comes off very fake, like extre- like she's above the fans and the horror community. So when I was going over notes, getting ready and reading this, that she she came off like she's a, you know, above a Kevin Smith movie. I'm like, oh yeah, it doesn't shock me at all that she act-
0: acted like that.
1: So that's what I have here. What's your last one, Ke- uh, Rye?
0: Uh, Quentin Tarantino at one point was scheduled to play the Stan Lee character. So before they got Stan Lee, he was going to be the fictional, uh, either comic guy or movie guy or he might have played himself. I just, uh, they said real quick, they at one point had Quentin. Interesting. Whoa. I'm actually
1: finishing off with Stanley too, so good booking on that. Stanley initially did not want to be in the film as himself. He felt the dialogue wasn't things he would say. Kevin Smith responded that it was just pretend, to which Stanley replied, okay, spider friend. Oh <laughs> my
0: heart just melted for sure all
1: <laughs> right, so we're we're gonna get into the rest of the view skew universe right now and touch a little bit on just the rest of Kevin's movies after we finish the skew universe. Here's how we're gonna do it. I mentioned to you guys that we're gonna rank them right so mm-hmm. what we're gonna do is we're gonna start from the bottom and every time we all agree on the movie or we get to that movie, we're gonna stop and talk about it,
2: okay,
1: righty so. My, I'll kick it off. My number eight, because we have eight here. My number eight is actually Mallrats.
0: So. Different. <laughs> dif-
1: yeah, I
0: disagree. Disagree? Yeah,
2: I disagree? Okay, cool.
1: Next up, my number seven is Clerks 2. Same.
2: Different. Li-
1: different. Okay, still can't talk about it yet. My number six is Zach and Mary Make a Porno.
2: Oh, different. dude, we have- we have those flops, so we're close to talking about both.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same, um, yeah, we really are very close to talking about them. <laughs> All right, what, what, what's,
1: your, what's your number six, Rye? Mallrats. Okay,
2: and yours, Leo? Uh, oh no, no, Clerks is my number
1: six. Like Clerks one?
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, uh,
1: my number five, and I know we're definitely not going to talk about this right now. Jay and Silent Bob shrink back.
0: Yeah, no, not yet. No, not yet. All right.
1: Damn, we are so different on this list. (laughs) My number four is Dogma. Same.
2: Different. Jesus. Ah,
0: you bastard.
1: (laughs) All right. My number three is Reboot.
0: Different.
2: (laughs) Different. Jesus Christ.
1: (laughs) By the way, for for our listeners, I did not plan that I would go through my entire list before talking about one of them. (laughs) <laughs> my number two is Clerks. Different,
2: different.
1: but that doesn't make any sense. I think we, I think we have to backtrack a little bit because my number one is Chasing Amy. Same.
0: I don't have Chasing Amy is my number one.
1: Yeah, but you we should have talked about a movie already, right? How about you give me I'll your to my list? Yeah, go to your yeah. list. Go to number eight.
0: Number eight is Zach and Mary make a porno.
1: Okay. And then you're number seven. Clerks two. And you're number six. rats And you're number five. Clerks. All right. Leo, do your eight through five.
2: My number eight, Clerks two. There you go.
1: Boom. We can start talking about Clerks two. All right. I almost put it last because I think there's a lot that really has not aged well with clerks too. I hope we all agree. The donkey thing did not age well at all. <laughs> no. Um, I'm not going to repeat the word, but a certain racist term that was used in the movie is not
0: very PC. I, yeah,
1: that has not aged well at all. Um, still, regardless of that, um, I still think the Lord of the Rings stuff is really funny. And me being a Lord of the Rings fan, I think it's really hilarious. um, I like the the Dante and um I forgot her name Rosario Dawson's car- I I love no Becky's the uh, is is Jen Jen's character right? No, I thought or Rosario Dawson. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Whoever oh. Rosario, I like her and Dante's dynamic. Although he would never ever get someone that looks like Rosario Dawson. <laughs> ever ever ever. Um. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I think rights has its things, and we'll talk about it a little later. But I think Clerks has a little bit more to offer for me. And Clerks 2, and that's why I have it at my number 7. All right, Leo, what's your number
2: 6? Wait, no, so my number my number 8 was Clerks 2. My number 7, seven is uh, Zack and Mary Make a Porno.
1: Boom, all right. So let's talk about Zack and Mary Make a Porno. I think Leo's list is the most different out of all of ours. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so, I
2: think the fact that like the, 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 the when when I have like a uh, clerk so far out of it, my list is going to be tro- totally off on you guys. Oh yeah.
1: All right. So let's talk about Zach and Mary make a porno. We were unsure whether this was in or not, and I'm still not a hundred percent sure. But I think the inclusion of Justin Long's character in reboot just kind of pushed me towards
0: put it, pushing it in. Yeah, because he says in. Uh, one of the latest episodes of modcast he does a commentary track for uh reboot so when he gets to that point, he says yeah we want like we were we did have a whole part where we make him say oh i was a porn star now i'm a lawyer but they just hope that the fans would just get it
1: yeah and i i mean i got it right away he still has the same voice it was hilarious exactly so yeah. i i really really enjoy i think it's outside before reboot it was his last really good film i don't know if you guys would agree with me on that
0: yeah i agree because well because those clerks too no ma- uh yeah no yeah agree.
1: i think jay and the reason i was second guessing was jay jay muse plays a different character in this but jason lee plays a different character in Mallrats rats and chasing amy so it's still in the universe and ben Affleck
0: plays different characters and
1: yeah. and dogma and in dogma too so it's mm-hmm. it. so I think we that's why I pushed it in. Um, I do love the Elizabeth Banks and Seth Rogen chemistry. I think they're really good, yeah. and I I just like not not to be skeevy. The whole shooting the porn stuff was hilarious. Most of those scenes are yeah. really really funny things. Um, yeah, I actually when the
0: drunk guy walks in, it's still one of my favorites.
1: Yeah, like he oh, pays yeah, no yeah, mind to it. Yeah, I think it's hilarious. Fan, right? Yeah, and I learned what a Dutch writer was thanks to this movie. but yeah that's what that's what i have it in my number six Uh, all right go ahead leo keep going
2: yeah so when here's where that that gets different my number six is clerks one i I refuse to talk about this solo next (laughs) my number five is jay and silent bob reboot oh you
1: had it a little lower than i thought you would so this is your first time watching it what did you think
2: yeah so this is my first time watching it i thought it was like kevin smith's heart on screen um it was it was nice it was really cool seeing like the only thing that i think took me out of it though is i felt jay and silent bob strike back was this like it was this it was a calling out everything from the usq universe and like it it was it did it first so i I kept i kept catching myself saying reboots just rehashing a lot of the stuff that strikes back did um, but that was that was the point though that was exactly the point <laughs> um the um I, I didn't really like too much of like the uh they were they were a little too meta for my liking everything they said that was in a reboot and a remake they did in this film um and i just wasn't a big fan of all of it um i think that you needed to see the rest of the universe to really appreciate it um but in like in the rewatchability part of it like the other four movies i have of it i can put on at any day any time of day any mood i'm in and i love a little bit more than this so
1: i think because i love chasing amy so much i the fact that he wrote that he wrote that in like a
0: day right right yeah that was the last he wrote that last day of shooting like that was the last thing they shot
1: so much heart in that scene alone and like when they realize what the reboot really means is just the next chapter of you in your life of being a father or a mother and your child is your reboot. That's like hit me. I don't have any kids. And it hit the and It hit me. I thought it was so, so well done. and I mean, like you, you love more rats for those call outs. And now with reboot, you're kind of knocking it Leo.
2: No. So here's the thing. It's like, I think what it was is um, it's a very different tone in, um, in reboot. Like reboot is like a combination of sl- silly and funny with heart strikebacks i don't think had too much heart it was more oh, none at all none at all Yeah, no. <laughs> so like if you look at my list though like i i like dig the silly funny like the, the silly funny is what i really liked about it the mixing of it is where i kind of like got a little thrown i wanted it to be silly funny and i was a little surprised that it was mostly heart um but i mean i i, I didn't i didn't not like it i still think it was a really good movie yeah but it, i just the other four hold very special places where I'm um, like I I even though some of them are very poorly received critically I, I still think they're really fantastic movies that I could put on any time All All right keep
1: go uh, go ahead keep going Leo
2: Also my number 4 is Mallrats
1: And I guess we already talked about it so there's not yeah. much there's not much else to add on that one
2: Yeah and my number 3 is Strikes Back All right and that
1: is your number 1 right right No That was your number two? That's my number two, yeah. All right, so let's talk about it. It's so easy to watch. I think you guys would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know what I'm watching is not great. They're just putting (laughs) it know, I know it's not great at all. But there are, I don't think there's a weak spot for me that I'm not entertained. I think it's all funny.
2: Totally agree.
0: Trust me, making it number two was a very difficult decision. Yeah,
1: I'm surprised because I know how much you love that movie. What's your I'll get into it. What's your favorite
0: part? (laughs) Oh,
1: because I know it's all fucking, it's all quote unquote dick jokes for the most part. It's all fun and fun and
0: games. It's it's a tie, just because of like moments watching it with friends. The fuck song in the very beginning, I love that. Fucking love that. and, (laughs) And Boo Boo Kitty fuck.
1: All right, so I go with oh, there's so many things I like in that movie. Um, the diner scene with Will Ferrell.
2: Okay. Oh yeah,
1: it hasn't aged well, but it's still funny. and I, think hate are
0: going to open fire.
1: <laughs> um, I also, lo- I also think it's funny when they they mock the fugitive in the uh, the scene where they jump into the waterfall. I think nice. that's really funny. <laughs> uh, I love the end. With Mark Hamill and Kevin Smith. That must have been such a pipe dream for him. All, yeah. all jokes intended there. And, um uh, the fact he could have a half ass lightsaber battle with, with Mark Wahlberg. It, I'm walk Wahlberg. Mark Hamill is.
2: How scared you get so confused. I, I smack myself <laughs> for that. um but yeah, yeah. What about you, Leo? Um, I love the, um, the the click commander
1: video. Yes
2: it's so funny. It's... <laughs> oh my god, I remember the first time I ever saw it I had to keep rewinding it just I needed to keep seeing it over and over again. Um, I love that I love any of the of the breaking the fourth wall moments yes because it mm-hmm. was like a little reward as a viewer for seeing the rest of the movie.
1: Oh I'm glad you mentioned that I can't believe I forgot to mention Goodwill hunting 2 hunting season. I thought
2: that's <laughs> hilarious too.
1: And I don't know if you guys know this, Gus Van Zandt, the director that was counting the money in the scene where they were shooting uh, Goodwill Hunting 2. That's the real director of Goodwill Hunting. It is, it is,
2: yeah. And, 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 and shout out to Wes Pagan. Wes was in here.
1: <laughs> I- ironic, though, that um, he's sitting there counting his money and did not giving a shit about the sequel when he made Psycho after Goodwill Hunting. So he obviously didn't give a fuck there either. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Uh, Leo, keep going. My number two is Dogma. All right, let's talk about Dogma here. Um, I just saw it for the first time this year because mm-hmm. I'm an asshole that only likes Blu-rays, but I decided to just say fuck it. Thanks to Rai, you lent it to me. And I Anytime. I loved it. I was ashamed of myself for taking this long to watch it. <laughs> And the jokes in reboot now make much more sense for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and the whole Matt Damon thing is like, holy shit! Now I get it. <laughs> I do
1: love that line, and when he's like, "I I know what you kids are thinking." There's already Loki. I'm the Loki before it was cool, or something. Like that <laughs> yeah. without the fake British accent.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but yeah, um, I think it's I think it's great. It's I understand the controversy about it, but.
0: I am not. I know it's a comedy, but for me, it was like an awakening. Like I'm like, because a lot of the shit he was saying was making a lot way too much sense. I yeah. was a, Like I was raised a good old Catholic boy, so I'm like sitting there watching. I'm like, that makes sense. Yeah, that's kind of bullshit. Yeah. Wait.
1: <laughs> All right, uh, Leo. Ed, thoughts on Dogma?
2: Yeah, dude. So Dogma, much like Ryan, even though it's a, it like it had like deep theological impact on me when I saw it the first time. Like I'm pretty sure my Facebook profile still is Dogma, and I made that stuff back in like 2004.
1: Your your uh your MySpace page is Dogma up.
2: Yeah, no, but um, Dogma. I think the I think it was one of the more I I, I like the writing a lot more. I thought it was so um, do I? Yeah, mm-hmm. it, just, it felt it felt so good. Like the actors were a good balance of like well known superstars and indie. Um, I just thought it was the best overall movie. Um, of like the of the silly ones all right
1: all righty uh neck go ahead leo finish it up
2: my number one is chasing amy
1: awesome and i know we're gonna talk about your number one Ryan, in a second so let's talk about chasing amy that's my number one i i will preface this by saying there are a few aspects of that movie that have not aged well (laughs) in terms of ben affleck pretty much not understanding why ali's ali's gay i mean you it's not a choice you know what i mean and i think Mm -hmm. that has not aged well but everything else is so great in that movie their performances kev's script it's his best script easily but his best script Um, i agree there the emotion that scene in the parking lot
0: so great fun fact casey used to work at that ice rink that's in the background
1: oh really that's yeah that's awesome and I, I, and the comic book aspect of it, I actually loved it. Cause that reminds me of like Artist Alley in New York Comic Con. I don't know if it felt the same way for you, Leo.
2: Oh, dude. It was like, it was like ripped from it. It was so amazing. Because that
1: is how it is. People just come up to the table and just start random conversation. And sometimes it's weird and sometimes it's good. Um, and they, and they put emphasis on that cause that's how it really is. Um,
0: I'm trying to not take everything that you
1: guys want to say. So <laughs> go ahead, Rai.
0: No, um it's if we were doing from best to worst. Yes, it would be number 1 for me. Like Chasing Amy is his best movie. It's has the most heart. It does have a good amount of humor. Um I love every aspect of that movie. Like I can sit down and watch it over and over again. I think the relationship although I do agree how you it doesn't age well they doesn't understand but still their relationship in general is so fucking good yeah so and great. so great and even with him and uh what's uh lee's character's name i can't remember right banky. now banky Banky. thank you um between uh, and that relationship and how that grew and that those turns that it took in the very end Fuck it, spoiler where banky comes out from the kiss and then like just the emotion between them, and I think every aspect about that. And shout again, shout out to Jason Lee as Banky. Your mother's a tracer. Still one of the best lines. Yes,
1: <laughs> and I love how they call that call back into it with Chris Rock in, yes. in Strike Back. He's like, "You're a tracer. No one will tell you you're a tracer." <laughs> and I know we're, he's frowned upon in today's world, but uh, Casey Affleck came, cameo at the beginning of the movie. Totally forgot about that. I don't know if you guys peeped that, right? He's one of the, he's the one that, that was in line to meet Banksy.
2: Oh, okay. He he wanted, he wanted his autograph and he's like, no, never mind. You're just a tracer. tracer."
1: Yeah. (laughs) And I love, I love the payoff where he gives her, he gives Allie the, like Alyssa, I just call her Allie, uh, where Holden gives Allie the comic book of chasing Amy. I think it's such a good way to end the movie. And finally, Ry, what's your number one?
0: My number one is reboot. It was very hard to make it. Like it was one between uh Jameson Project back. Let me and cut reboot. you off.
1: Let me cut you off. Your number one wasn't Clerks. Did I miss where Clerks went for you?
0: No, Clerks was number five. Oh we have, didn't I didn't Yeah, you didn't let me do even, my five
1: We haven't even talked about it
0: yet. because yeah, Clerks was number five for me.
1: Oh, oh let's let's reback finish on reboot and we'll finish off on Clerks. So go ahead.
0: So, yeah, Reboot, for me, is a great movie because it does have heart, humor. It is that kind of movie I can put on and watch over and over again. Like, I put it on last night right before I went to sleep just to have a nice refresh in my head, like, and when he's, you know, the callbacks. And it was the end game for Kevin Smith fans. Yeah, that's the best way I can put it. That's why I kind of... I'm happy we're getting
1: it, but in a way, I'm like, oh, this is a perfect way to end it. I kind of don't want another rats. I kind of don't want another Clerks because this is like the perfect way to end everything.
0: Well, there was stories they didn't really touch on that you can touch on in those movies. Like, you know, they can tie up Dante a little bit more. You can because we we don't know what happens with Randall. They tease that in the very beginning of Reboot. You know, you, and with Mallrats, you know, you can get a little bit more into Brody's story re, with Renee, and we can finally find out what the fuck happened to TS if anyone actually cares. <laughs>
2: Maybe they'll
1: bring up Jeremy London from retirement and then put him <laughs> back to work. Uh, all right, so let's finish off with Clerks, uh, the one that started it all for him. I, I'm surprised it's so low for both
0: of you. Actually, so all of these could be number one for me. Trust me, like this was a very hard list to make at the same time very easy because yeah
1: so we'll start with leo because he likes it the least out of all of us
2: yeah fair um i think it's, it's not even that um it's not too difficult to cram into this i think for me it was um i'm just not a huge fan of dante or randall um they
0: do, they do stink yeah i i don't like them as i much. like randall
2: you like randall really
0: i love randall i always wanted to be randall
2: Oh, uh, yeah. I just, I just, I never got into it, which is why, and if you think about it, that's why Clerks and Clerks 2 are so low yeah, on my list. That makes sense,
1: Leo. That makes perfect sense.
2: But I mean, I love everyone else's of, of, of Kevin's characters. I freaking adore, but I just, those two, for some reason, I just never really connected with them. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's really what it is. But like, look, the, I think the, the, I think Kevin Smith did something so, like, innovative with the, the way he let his character speak. Like, it was a very intellectual vernacular. Um, and I think that's something that it's not really people don't use that even now. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but still the rest of them, I think for me just are just a little bit different because there's not that much random and not that much Dante. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think I love this. I love clerk script. I guess that's what it goes down to. Uh, I don't like, I don't like Dante. He's t- such a whiny, whiny person. It's too like it's too much. He's complaining about everything, the entire movie. Um Randall, I mean Randall's I I I see um why you like him, Rye. But he's such a fucking prick, man. (laughs) (laughs) He is such a fucking prick. Um but their chemistry together is you can't you can't disagree that it's fantastic. I think they work so well together. Uh, sure. The thirty-seven dicks still fucking cracks me up. It is still really, really hilarious. Is that right? Correct me if wrong. Is that Mosier when she hears the thirty-seven? He hears the thirty-seven dicks and follows her out the 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 quick mark. The quick, quick chat. Um, I don't remember honestly. Okay. But yeah, that scene is hilarious. Uh, I, I actually really, really dig. And I mentioned before, like, it, it doesn't feel forced. That conversation about the Death Star is really <laughs> intellectual. I really, really love it just because it's, you never really think about it like that. And I've had that conversation with people that have never seen clerics. I'm like, Oh, there's this scene, you know, in this movie called clerics about Death Star. What do you guys think? And it gets into this whole debate about contractors and stuff like that it's did it, you know just for that alone it gave me so much conversation outside of clerks uh but yeah i, I actually like the grittiness of the guerrilla filmmaking i guess in a way because it's it shot such you know the black and white shooting it cost basically nothing to make yeah clerks is really n- number two for me in terms of how great it is all right so let's finish this off with the rest of the view is not the view is skew, the rest of Kevin's films. There's not many more to cover. So, is his worst movie Cop Out?
0: No, that's not his worst movie.
1: So, you think Tusk is his worst movie? Yes. I think those two are like so low, before, without even thinking twice, those two are the worst Tusk and Cop Out. Leo, have you
2: ever seen Tusk? No, neither neither Tusk or Cop out. But I will say, because of all the mentions at reboot, I do want to see them both.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to see. I I can't defend Tusk. Go ahead, Ry. You're the one that said we were gonna get back to it. Defend Tusk.
0: I, it has it again. It's if you're a fan of Kevin. Smith, this is a if you're a fan of Kevin Smith's work, even outside of the movies, because there's a lot of pod references in it. That like non fans would get like the one ringtone is a uh, Hollywood Babylon. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, if you want to see a dude turned into a walrus, then check it out. <laughs> if you don't, then don't. But that's the best way I can say. Like, it's if you want to see something weird, then check it out.
1: Yeah, that's that's kind of the way to it's And I don't like the ending. I'm not going to spoil it because Lee hasn't seen it. I hate the ending.
0: No, I agree. The ending is terrible.
1: Uh, but Cop Out, is, I think I've seen, Cop, I i will say I don't remember much about Cop Out except it's garbage. I, I, yeah. I saw it in passing because it is Kev and I support anything that he does, but I, I don't like it. Uh, the next one I have. Sean here, William
0: Scott and Tracy Morgan in that, though, are funny as hell. Yeah.
1: I'll give you props for finding
0: something good in that.
1: Um, one that I do. So these bottom three for me. Well, and if I once I see it more, because I've only seen it once years ago. Red State. I haven't seen Red uh, State too much, so I can't really touch on it too much.
0: It's a serious dogma. Interesting. Like, mm. Um, it takes you know it's all it's pretty much. Westboro Baptist Church turned up to a hundred. Gotcha.
1: Interesting. It's I an do.
0: interesting flick. It I mean really John is. Goodman
1: and Kevin Smith. That's
0: why that's good. drew <laughs> me. God, I love John Goodman. The next
1: yeah. the next the next two I can talk about more. Uh Yoga hosers. I don't know how everyone hates it. I know what he's trying to do. I enjoy it for what it is. That's kind of all I can say. Like I don't I don't I know people that viciously de- talk shit about yoga hosers and i'm like well i guess you can you for what you know if you want to take it as a serious movie it's garbage of course yeah i mean but there's fucking little bratsies all over the place i if you take that serious i i got i don't know what to tell you man uh <laughs> like i personally enjoyed it and ryan and i saw it at the at the premiere the new jersey premiere a couple of years ago mm-hmm. yeah and i dug it i I know what it was trying to be and I I enjoyed it for what it is. Leo, you haven't seen Yoko's, right?
2: No, oh, no. I, I guess uh, I I did like what I heard that that uh that Harley Quinn was going to be in it and like what 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 Kev was doing with the next generation. So I, I I was intrigued by it. But um but no never never went as far as seeing it. Um I have heard the same thing you heard. I've heard the vehement disdain for the movie, but I figure from what I'm hearing, I think it's isn't it most simply because like of like I guess the the performance? I don't think the performances are any problem, yeah. any performance like, is bad. Yeah. Like I think
1: uh, here's my thing. I can't take you serious, not you per se, just in general. I can't take you serious when you're going to defend Tusk when that's trying to be a serious movie and it's garbage and this is purposely trying to be over the top satirical and not, you know, I mean, it's not trying to be a great movie, it's trying to be a movie for teenage girls. Exactly. And and it's it succeeds in that, but you're gonna sit there and defend Tusk. I can't I can't you know I can't take that serious. I can't take that conversation serious. It's it's uh, the whole, I wonder if that's where hater tots comes from. It, that idea. I mean, it might be because it just doesn't make any sense to me when you're defending a movie that is trying to be serious, and I personally feel it's really really bad. And this is not nothing about this movie is serious. And I can speak on Jenny's behalf. Jenny really enjoyed Yoga Hosers too. So that's mm-hmm. kind of where I feel on that. And then the last one to talk about is one that I saw for the first time maybe 16 years, uh, two weeks ago. Jersey Girl. It's not <laughs> as bad as people make have. I don't. No. I, it's not as bad as I remember. I actually don't think it's as bad as I remember at all. I kind of don't know what people say is bad about it. To be honest with you. I think J Lo. Well, around that
0: time, I'm sorry. No,
1: go, I, I, I'll finish real quick. I think J Lo's bad at it. I don't think she's very good in it. But I personally like the story of the father daughter dynamic. Go go ahead. But
0: Roy. I think wasn't this around the Jiggy time, so people were starting to turn again. J Lee. Sorry. Um, time so people starting to turn against uh Ben and J I really feel like that has something to do with their people getting tired of it. But no, that movie was. But I really enjoy it. I can watch it over and over again. I like, think Casey is the same way about it.
1: Full disclosure: I like it more than Mallrats. Rats. I know I'm alone
0: on here. Oh, I you broke
1: my heart. Sorry. Yeah, no. I, I I enjoyed it more than Mallrats. Rats. Just like on this recent rewatch, watching both of them, I'm like, okay. I mean, I, more Rats is obviously funnier. This is not funny at all. But um, I enjoyed it more, and that's crazy. I know I'm going. Cool. Yeah, I will get killed for this, but it's okay. Um, but yeah, that pretty much wraps everything up in, term- in terms of Kevin Smith. I don't think we'll ever have to do another Kevin Smith episode again, right? Right? Well, uh. <laughs> no,
2: we, we could do we could do like his TV directing stuff because he's done good stuff on TV. Yeah, he's done
1: great stuff on TV. Um, I think we can do a twenty-year uh, Jane, Solomon Bob Strike Back one next year.
0: Uh, I'm so down for that
1: because oh, I know because <laughs> we could really dissect everything about it. So. With that being said, that pretty much wraps everything up for our month full of Rilla Bax. We will do one May 17th for the 15th anniversary of or the 15, yeah, 15th anniversary of Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith and the 40 year anniversary of Star Wars Episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back aka The GOAT. And we will also be changing it up next week. And Rye and Leo don't know this topic. And I'm breaking the news live. So <sighs> next week, we are going to do something a little different. We are bringing back the rankings. But we are going to look at the 1990s in genres. So we are going to look at. The top five horror films, the top five action films, the top five comic book films, the top five dramas, and the top five comedies of the 1990s.
2: Of the whole
1: decade? The whole decade. Five each. And we are. I'm also going to bring a little bit of Oscar trivia because there's nothing to talk about the Oscars because we don't know what's going on yet. So I do want to bring some trivia of past Oscar years, Oscar winners. Ryan may be bored and shut. The phone down when we're talking about this stuff, but I was
0: gonna sit there with a giant dunce hat on my head the entire time <laughs> you guys get there.
1: <laughs> so, we but I think this will be fun, especially. And this is the perfect reason I put comic book genre. I'm very curious what we each go with for the comic book genre. Yeah, yeah. horror. I think horror we should all have, and Jenny should be back next week. I think horror we should have this. We all should have the same the same number one, but the rest should be a fucking shit show because I have a feeling Leo and Ryan are going to put Steven Seagal and Jean-Claude Van Damme movies all over the actions section.
2: Oh, I didn't even think of the early 90s. God, oh,
1: man. And that is a perfect cliffhanger. No pun intended to the Sylvester Stallone 1993 movie. (laughs) Until next week, kids. See you back in the 1990s.